Welcome to There's an Elephant in Your Office. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And together, we're advancing the conversation about mental health in the workplace. Welcome to season two of There's an Elephant in Your Office. One year, gosh, one year already into the coronavirus pandemic, more people than ever are dealing with poor mental health. That means our message is needed now more than ever. Absolutely. So we'd like to spend, yeah, I mean, that's an understatement probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We'd like to spend the first several episodes talking about those amazing mammoths we introduced you to in season one and what they really looked like over the past 12 months. So we'll hear from people working from home, taking their businesses virtual, fighting on the front lines in the medical community and elsewhere, and also working and homeschooling at the same time, because that's fun. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You've got the little ones (laughs) doing school from home, and I've got the teens. It's been interesting. But to refresh your memory, (laughs) to refresh your memory, an amazing mammoth is a person having difficulty coping with or adjusting to a particular source of stress. This could stem from something straightforward, like the loss of a job or the loss of a loved one, or it can be more complicated, like, oh, I don't know, trying to navigate a global pandemic. But regardless of the source, the external stressor causes the person to have symptoms that are similar to clinical depression. And that includes the inability to focus, having trouble completing tasks, isolating yourself, and looking more disheveled. Right. And I can say from, you know, the business HR perspective, I've certainly noticed these things showing up in the staff and the work groups, really every department, every area across the board. Um, So it's not surprising to me. I don't think it's really surprising to any of us, but you know, when we went to work and we were seeing people on a regular basis, it was easier to tell when somebody was, you know, kind of pulling back, withdrawing or having a tough time dealing because you saw it evolve over time, those little changes that you might pick up on when you see somebody every day. But when the world went virtual, all that context that we get disappeared. And so now it's a little bit harder to know if someone's struggling, um, especially if they don't turn on their camera. You know, some people really don't want to be camera ready. Some people do. Uh, But only seeing people from the shoulders up is really great for your wardrobe. And it's really (laughs) hard for the body language cues that we all depend on subconsciously. I mean, I, I forget the exact saying, but it's like at least half of all communication is body language. Right. So when we're not saying it or people aren't using their cameras only infrequently, you just limit that visual context. And, you know, although that's nice, if you're Zoom burnout or you don't want to put in that really emotional work to stay really engaged, eye contact, all that, but you lose so much when it's only your voice and how people are doing and collaboration and all the reasons that we gather as humans. Right. And so that's a really good segue into looking at kind of, I'll say pre-pandemic life, normal life, however you want to reference that. And now in the work from home virtual kind of post-pandemic area. So for an amazing mammoth, let's say two years ago, the body language part, right? Seeming more withdrawn and not as social people that, um, 
all of a sudden they're not chatty in the kitchen making coffee. They're in, they're out, and they shut their door. So that were mm-hmm. that was signs of, oh, what's up with them? And so now when you're virtual, it is, it's your camera is off. You are withdrawn. You're literally a black box on the screen. And so we're kind of making that correlation of the people with their camera off are kind of like the ones who are isolating and maybe struggling. And so that would be a sign of something to watch for with your work people or your other people on Zoom. Assuming they had them on. Like I know some people that are like, that's great for y'all, but I'm never turning mine on. Just not doing it. Yeah, that's okay. Maybe that's a personality thing. Or if it's somebody that never did it, fine. But if it was somebody that like pretty regularly had their camera on and all of a sudden it's a no-go every day, that definitely could be a little bit of a red flag there. And kind of along with that is just straight up absenteeism. So in our book, we talk about presenteeism, which is being there but not really working. But absenteeism is just not showing up. And so, you know, I know my teen and some of the college students that I teach, they're just not showing up for their online classes. They're straight up absent. And part of me doesn't blame them. I mean, do you want to learn Spanish through Google Meets? (laughs) No, (laughs) I don't. It's not working. No, por favor. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've noticed that too. I've had, um, I've heard of some employees in different places just kind of going off I mean just completely non-responsive for a day or two and they might put a sick day in but there wasn't pre-notice it's more of a last minute I just can't do it today and we've all I I think have had those moments of I am over it I've hit the wall I just can't do it today and so there's empathy for that but if it's multiple days in a row or it's happening quite often, that definitely could be another sign that somebody's struggling. Right. And it could warrant a little bit of follow up. Um, Yeah. Another one is (laughs) you talked about good for your wardrobe. Um, Some people can get dressed from the waist up and have their hair done and their, um, you know, shirt pressed or buttoned at least or something. And then other people you've watched them over the past year, just, quit caring about how they look at all. And I know I've struggled with that because again, what's the point? Why am I going to fix my hair? Why am I going to you know, put on a nice shirt? What does it matter? I'm just going to be in my pajamas like I've been for the last nine months, whatever. Right. And again, it's that, that slow change that you're noticing over time. And some of it is understandable. You know, am I going to wear my hair in a ponytail a few more times when I'm on the video versus when I get up and leave and there's a ritual to getting ready and going to work? Yeah, sure. But if it's, you know, a slow change over time where now I've everything's wrinkled and I've got food stains on my face and all of that is a, a sign. Um, and I, just as a side note, I think it's so fascinating. I wonder what back to the office style will be because we've not been wearing buttons and zippers and you know I know even even for the kids pants they're gonna start going right pants and they're gonna start going back a little bit uh, to school and I realized they have no clothes that are appropriate to go to school because we never went school shopping because they were home yeah I had that same thought um nothing fits for the rest of school and you can only wear basketball shorts so many days. (laughs) 
Right. And kids grow so much. And, you know, maybe some of us have grown in our own ways. And so it's uh-huh. like, what is the balance <laughs> between <laughs> comfort and professionalism after we've been a year in, you know, really whatever makes you feel good? Because that was what was important. You know, it's not, are you wearing shoes if you're sitting at your computer? But, you know, are you wearing what's supportive and comfortable in your home office? Now we all have to kind of yeah. re-evaluate our appearance. And I think that would be interesting. And that's just one of the things that we lose by seeing that whole person day after day mm-hmm. is, you know, yeah, you're at home. I'm going to give you a pass because you've had a yeah ponytail and glasses every day. But if you can't get up and get dressed and get to work and you're in a ponytail and glasses every day, maybe something's going on. Right. Exactly. Um, Another one that I've kind of noticed, we talked about in the book, having um, no coping skills or having unhealthy coping skills. And somebody who exhibits that may be an amazing mammoth, maybe struggling to process some kind of external stressor. Well, you can see those same unhealthy coping skills on Zoom. Or you can hear it in some of the conversations if maybe you're, you know, on a phone call and you can't see them. And some of the statistics and some of the, (laughs) some of the ways this manifested, one, people were drinking a lot more and Mm -hmm. it evolved over the year. Um, Once some of the rules were changed and people could actually take liquor and premixed like margaritas to go. And then they were home all summer and they just kept drinking and drinking and drinking. Well, that might be okay for some, but that could actually be a very unhealthy coping skill for a lot of people. Yeah, I've seen it. I mean, just looking at social media and books and just kind of the conversation, I've seen it actually split. It seems like into two groups. So there's the one group that is definitely enabling that coping mechanism either with, you know, um, alcohol or cigarettes or yeah, excessive purchasing online. And then there's this other group and it's a lot of, I'm noticing millennial and younger kind of this sober, it's a big sober push. A lot of people aren't drinking anymore. It's almost like the pandemic, they went too hard on it and then they realized that wasn't healthy. And so now it's almost pushing into a full sobriety. I mean, I know more people that no longer drink like outwardly and publicly than I have ever known before. It's kind of a interesting, kind of a boomerang effect, which is interesting. And you said smoking. That was another um, something I read the other day that the purchase of actual tobacco cigarettes went up again in 2020 for the first time in something like a decade. And oh, really? And it makes sense because if you are, you know, somebody who has quit smoking. And you're not, you know, a 20 something or younger and vaping is all you've ever known. But people who, oh, I don't know, are in their 40s and trying to homeschool and work from home and deal with everything. And the only way you can deal with it is I'm just going to have to start smoking again. It keeps me calm. And so that was another unhealthy way that people coped with the pandemic. Yeah. And that makes sense. And then they probably at least some percentage of people in that boat enter into a shame spiral, which then could, you know, they're feeling bad that that's the choice that they made, but now they're hooked or they need it. And 
you know, down their mental health goals because now they're doing something that actively guilts them and shames them and brings up all these negative feelings that they're trying to suppress with the smoking. It's like this horrible cycle. And you're missing your social supports, your people that would kind of say, hey, you smell like smoke. Are you smoking again? Uh Uh-uh. You already kicked that. Come on. We're Mm -hmm. getting back on the on the wagon, so to speak. Yeah. (laughs) And then you had mentioned uh, shopping. So online shopping, add to cart. That can be fine because you need supplies and groceries and whatnot. But there is also a lot of um, compulsive add to cart spending and shopping in the last year. And people didn't have good outlets, you know, for, for spending their energy or their pent up frustrations. And so they were just buying everything. And if you were a person yeah, that momentary joy. Yeah. And if you are a person that lost their job and then you're buying off Amazon every day, those two things are not going to go together very well. Right. Then it's the debt shame spiral. So many spirals. <laughs> Um, The last point correlation between our original Amazing Mammoths and how we identify them into the work from home Amazing Mammoths is people are distracted and getting their work done is very difficult because there is no work-life divide. Um, I I 100% get that because there literally is no separation. You're working in your home and living at your work. And that is just so hard to handle month after month. Yeah. I saw a funny little meme or whatever post online and it said, can you imagine seeing the inside of your teacher's home on zoom? Like I thought they lived at school and just slept there when I was in elementary school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like, you have a house. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, You don't just stay here. Like you're here when I'm here. I just thought you lived here. Um, I, I will say one of the cool things that we have done to try and better incorporate the whole person into some of our meetings. So we do a staff meeting every other week with um, where the C-suite gives just cat. It's more casual. It's a chat 30 minute kind of just state of the state. What's going on? What's coming up? Let's share information and knowledge. Highly recommend. Um, but since it's all Zoom calls, we'll do a theme, you know, like, get your funny costume or your hat or your favorite sports team or whatever. And sometimes people bring their pets, um, people with babies. We have little onesies that we send out, like put the onesie on the baby. We want to see the baby. And you know, you may have (laughs) 300 people on this call and the comments are always amazing. It's like, Oh my gosh, look at your cute puppy or Oh, the baby is so sweet. And so it's a way to know, you know, understanding and acknowledging that that divide is non-existent right now like, well, how can you make it okay that we know your baby is there? We know your pets are at your feet. Like, let us see those things. They are cute. (laughs) (laughs) I did that um, with my college students too, kind of at the end of last semester when it just, it was so overwhelming and God love them. It was just such a hard semester. And so we're all on Zoom for the last week of classes. And I'm like, okay, it's pet day. Where are your pets? Because by that time they were all home for Christmas. And so it was, everybody's like going to get their dogs and I'll be right back. I got to go get my cat. And that was so, I don't know, joyful and helpful. Yeah. Like you can't really be upset after seeing a bunch of cute furry faces. It's almost impossible. (laughs) 
I, I'm going to agree with that. So, hey, there's a best practice. There Show you go. us your dogs and your babies. <laughs> well, because to try and work like you're not at home parenting or doing whatever you do or parent like you're not working is it, not real. Like you can't actually do that. So there has to be some acknowledgement and give that if a kid pops in the screen, I mean, how many times have we seen it on national TV interviews and I know. the kids are everywhere because they, <laughs> of course they are, they're home. We all are. Yeah. Where else are they supposed to be? Right. So, right you know, I think that's if, if you're in any position to do that in your workplace or even on a zoom call with friends, you know, whatever it is, your family, just spice it up and make it okay. Especially if you can at work. That's right. So to, to kind of wrap up this little comparison and what makes it a little more difficult to recognize those amazing mammoths when you're not at work is kind of clinically speaking, the key indicator of an adjustment disorder, which is what our amazing mammoths have, that difficulty adjusting to something. The regular indicator is that their response is greater or more intense than what is typical or expected for the situation. Okay, well, we don't know what's normal for a pandemic situation. We don't know what's typical or expected, you know, working online for nine months and sharing Wi-Fi with your kids and they have to take a test. I mean, there's just no, there's no set standard for this. And that makes it a lot harder for your coworkers, for your bosses, to get a feel for how you're coping. And so just the entire situation is anything but typical. And that's why we're trying to make some correlations and, you know, try to help you figure out the difference between, yeah, this is regular pandemic suffering. <laughs> and right. when does your employee cross that line into, they actually do need some help, some kind of intervention. Yeah, it is a really good point because there is no normal, like it's not even a thing anymore. And so it's those little, I think, incremental changes over time that you notice. And, you know, I'm just thinking as you're saying that one example could be, I mean, literally the born be just right. Like, oh, show us your baby. Well, what if somebody unfortunately in that group just had a miscarriage that nobody knew about or their family pet passed away. And so seeing other pets is like really painful. So we yeah. can't know everybody's situation. So there is some level of sensitivity, not to, to flaunt those things, but also I don't think you necessarily have to avoid them, but just be aware. And if you know of a situation that somebody has that maybe that would upset as a coworker, a colleague, a manager, opportunity to check in because maybe they do shut down. Maybe they go off the meeting completely. Maybe they don't log into the next meeting. You know, you have to look for those signs like you would if they didn't show up on time or you know all the other signs in person they're different but they're still there it goes back to that personal relationship and noticing those changes yeah it's, there's just so much we don't know and so much we've got to watch for but I think the the main thing is pay attention to your people you know that's what we say in our book pay attention to your people and it's better to say something sooner than later and help them get the resources that are available. Yeah. And this isn't just a hunch that we have. Um, if you take the CDC's latest information, you know, 11% of U.S. adults reported symptoms of anxiety or depression kind of in the first half of 2019 for comparison, 11%. 
and it jumped to 44% experiencing symptoms of anxiety or depression just in December of 2020, 11 to 44%. It's almost half of all of the adults. And those are just the people who participated in a survey, you know, they really didn't dig in to get everybody's feelings. And some people couldn't even put a label to what they were feeling. They could have been terribly depressed, but not known to call it that. So it's just, I believe it a hundred percent. Yeah. And as things are starting to open back up, you know, and we've got, maybe there's new people starting in your organization that are trying to learn relationships and political dynamics over zoom you know, there's, that's hard. And so if you have any new staff, you know, it's great for us all to reach out and make any kind of personal connection that we can. And then as we eventually, hopefully start to recongregate in offices and, you know, get back to more in person, there will absolutely be a re-socialization learning curve because I feel awkward. Definitely. I mean, I think we all have lost that skill a little bit. We're going to have to to work back into cool, casual, like, yeah, this is normal. We see people, lots of people all the time. No problem. (laughs) Yeah. We're all socially awkward middle schoolers. Once again, trying to navigate the world. Because that's what we want. We all want to do middle school again. (laughs) Um, That's going to be a no. That's going to be a hard pass. (laughs) Ew. Definitely. Well, so just to kind of wrap up, um, for those of you who have maybe acquired some of the anxiety and depression symptoms or disorders, or maybe you have found yourself in the position of being an amazing mammoth after all of this pandemic time has passed, you're not alone. And Andrea and I are here to help you better understand what's going on. But more importantly, we want to share how the two of us and others have dealt with a year that was just like no other and how we can really get into 2021 and 2022 and to address the things that need to be addressed. So that's what we're going to try to do in season two. Absolutely. And it's going to be, I think, really great to hear from some other people. So, you know, stay tuned, like, subscribe. It really helps us spread the word. And, you know, next time we're going to hear from a small business owner and a work from home while schooling, while homeschooling parent. It's a mouthful to say, I can't imagine doing it. Yes. Um, yeah. To tell us what 2020 looked like for them and how they tried to adjust and maintain sanity. So might be some learnings there from a different person and perspective that we want to share some stories with you all. And in the meantime, buy our book. There's an elephant in your office. There's an elephant in your office.com. Um, also you can follow us on Instagram and guess what? There's an elephant in your office. So friendly reminder, we're, we're here for you. We're posting information and we want to help you uh, be the best you can be in this highly unusual time. That's right. So join us next time and hopefully we'll share a little more information with you and you can learn how other people are dealing with the elephants in their office.